This is Mike Hill, and I'm going to try something new. Um, any of you guys have been listening to this podcast know that uh, I've been kind of keeping things new and original and adding these kind of sub-genres to the Everything Went Black podcast. Um, for MMA fans, there's the Black Coffee Fight Club. And uh, since I've been doing a fair amount of these solo episodes from time to time, I decided to name it something so that if you don't want to hear me go on by myself, you can just skip this episode. Or if you are interested in what I have to say, you can uh, tune in. So this is Man on the Silver Mountain, episode one. Kind of a funny name, you know, but I love uh, Dio and his work with Richie Blackmore's Rainbow is some of my favorite stuff out there. And uh, yeah, Man on the Silver Mountain as a song is pretty cool. And it actually sounds pretty cool as the name of a podcast. So before we get rolling, I um, just want to talk about some of the affiliate sponsors we have at everythingwentblackmedia.com. Uh, Datsusara actually closed their affiliation, not with me specifically, but they just shut down the whole program. So though I still 100% back Datsusara, they are no longer an affiliate sponsor, but I still urge everyone to check uh, dsgear.com for the finest in uh, products made out of hemp, bags, shorts, jiu-jitsu geese, all kinds of great stuff. I just actually ordered two more things from them, so there you go. But Onnit is still on board. They still have a very thriving affiliate program, and um, if you're interested in getting some workout gear, kettlebells, battle ropes, um, steel maces, that sort of thing, uh, as well as some of the foods they offer, uh, such as MCT oil, which is a huge staple of my morning routine. I'm actually just finishing up some coffee with MCT oil in it. You can head on over to everythingwentblackmedia.com, uh, scroll down, and you'll see some, uh, some banners that you can just click through, and I get a little cut on um, each purchase made this way. <coughs> Savage Gold Coffee, which is my coffee brand. And uh, right now we're going through some restructuring, uh, redoing the packaging, um, changing around a couple things. Uh, so right now, if you want to order, I urge everyone to go to Amazon because that's right now the, uh, the best way to get your products. So um, this is going to go on for maybe another month or so before I kind of relaunch everything on at um, excuse me at SavageGoldCoffee.com. Um, you know, just redoing the packaging, uh, redesigning a bunch of things, doing some new stuff with the store. Uh, so currently, if you go to SavageGoldCoffee.com, uh, nothing's in stock because I haven't took taken the site down yet. But it's sort of still active but i'm going to be relaunching things another month or six weeks from now so stay tuned information will be available as things develop 
If you want to check me out on Instagram, it's Mike underscore Hill underscore Primate. Uh, Facebook, there's Everything Went Black Facebook. If um, I post all the episodes on there as well as other relevant articles, things like that. And uh, on Twitter, at Mike Hill HQ. So there you go. Those are all the ways of getting in touch with me. And you can also email me, mike.hill at everythingwentblackmedia.com. So this is the uh, first one of these I've done in a while. Uh, earlier last week, Andrew Hernandez and I did a fight uh, podcast for the previous uh, UFC 214, John Jones versus Daniel Cormier 2. And uh, prior to that, um, I, be- I was on tour for the last month or so. Um, I would love to have been able to get an episode while I was out on the road, but that just wasn't in the cards. So getting back into the swing of things. And uh, starting this week, uh, it would be full bore, full speed ahead, and, um, you know, trying to kill it. Uh, Oh, yeah, one last thing is um, anyone who's interested in sponsoring the podcast, uh, you can check out our Patreon. So if you go to everythingwentblackmedia.com, a little window pops up. If you want to support the podcast, you can donate either one time or a recurring, uh, you know, donator subscription. And uh, on the Patreon, there's a bunch of different levels of involvement that you can, you know, be involved with. And um, over the next month or so, since I'm going to be home for a while, I'm going to be putting together some cool packages and, you know, compensation for you guys who've uh, joined the Patreon and, you know, kind of helped, helped keep things rolling here. Um, you know, everything I've done is free so far. Uh, there are definitely expenses associated with this. And... Uh, you know, my intention is to keep going, keep running this thing until, there, you know, there's the wheels fall off and trying to do a better job, trying to step things up, trying to improve everything. I'd love to do more. I'd love to be able to, um, you know, add a legit video component to this thing, uh, bring you guys like cool content via, um, you know, short documentary pieces, things like that. I got so many different ideas and, um, Unfortunately, uh, some of that stuff costs money, and um, in a perfect world, we'd all just be able to do things for free and not worry about it. So that's why I'm asking you guys if you are interested. And look, there's no pressure, man. I'm going to keep doing this either way. I'll find a way to get through all this stuff, and and eventually uh, all the stuff will come to pass, and I'll be able to accomplish all these goals. But to kind of accelerate that process, I could definitely use some help. So there you go. Check it out, everythingwentblackmedia.com. There's a link to the Patreon. And um, just uh, for the record, I always feel really uncomfortable about asking for help and asking for money and all these kinds of things. But this is uh, somewhat of a business in a way. Um, It's a business or career in a kind of, you know, more... uh, spiritual way I guess uh, you know kind of like it's not a 9 to 5 but I'm trying to do some good work here so anyway that's the spiel check it out if, if you want totally cool if you don't so there you go so yeah we just wrapped up a tour um, it went really well I thought uh, it was definitely um, an interesting experience uh, playing with some bands that uh, you normally wouldn't really get a chance to see us play with uh, we supported Fit for an Autopsy um, on this tour. They also had a brand new record come out. And uh, really cool guys. Um, I wasn't 
very familiar with their music. I just knew that uh, Will Putney was kind of the mastermind behind the whole uh, project. And uh, really cool. Um, real heavy, uh, really hardworking bunch of guys. Um, you know, I, I'm not that familiar with this, the genre of music called deathcore. But uh, from what I've heard and firsthand experiencing these guys live every night, they're probably one of the best bands in that genre. Um, you know, it's it was an interesting crowd for us because um, the kids that are into that scene are super loyal to that scene and aren't really looking uh, to either side of that genre for their for new bands. So there's definitely a lot of kids that had never seen us before on this tour. And, um, you know, for better or for worse, I mean, you know, some people definitely were like, what the hell are these guys doing, you know? And then some kids were pretty cool about it talk to a bunch of nice kids after the show and uh it was, it was good definitely i mean i'm happy to know the fit for an autopsy guys they're a really really cool bunch of guys and hard working like i mentioned earlier and um a really good band and also opening this tour was a band called moontooth from long island so this whole tour was kind of like a tri-state new york new jersey pennsylvania kind of thing and uh it was kind of cool everyone had a really similar sense of humor and Everyone got along really well, and uh, Moontooth are great. They're like, um, you know, it's funny. I read a little bit about them, and people say, oh, yeah, you know, like this Mastodon kind of thing, and that's not at all what I got out of it. I think that people compare any band that knows how to play their instruments to Mastodon. I mean, Mastodon, though not a band that I really follow, um, are incredible musicians, so I can see the easy way out by listening to a record by a band like Moontooth and being like, well, these guys obviously know how to play their, their instruments to a, an elite level, so let's uh, compare them to Mastodon. Not at all what I heard. To me, it was like, uh, kind of like, once again, this is great that it's hard to describe them, but it's um, very technical rock music with melodic vocals, clean singing, no screams. Uh, I mean, some of Nick's backup vocals were screamy, but it was... In, by by majority clean melodic vocals so to me i'm gonna say it had like um bad brains element um shudder to think uh with kind of like a freddie mercury mike Patton kind of vibe on the vocals um yeah real interesting band and um i'm gonna be you know since we were since they're out in long island uh, whenever they play, come through, you know, come through Brooklyn again. I'm gonna go check them out. Nice bunch of guys. Every, like I said, everyone got along really well on this tour. It was a big bro fest, and uh, that's always cool because, like, you know, you, you go out and do these tours, and um, you, know, you want to go out with a band that you think is cool. And honestly, uh, at this point, if everyone is just nice, <laughs> easygoing, and you know professional uh those are the things that i get excited about whenever i find out that we're traveling with a bunch of guys i just want everyone to be easygoing professional and like and you know nice being nice goes a long way uh this also was the first tour with uh what i'm hoping is going to be these pretty much stable lineup for the band um you know anyone who's been following the saga of tombs understands that uh the last eight to 12 months have been kind of a challenge um 
as far as members have gone. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not really at a point where I want to talk about all the details and things like that, but, you know, uh, it was a very trying period. Let me, you know, say that. I mean, pretty much everyone kind of bailed right around the time the album was uh, recorded and shortly afterward kind of leaving me holding the bag. Um, you know, the only guy who really was helpful was Evan. And, uh, you know, the door is kind of open for him. Like, we didn't actually officially, you know, part ways with the band. But, you know, my understanding is that he's um, not able to be on the road this year. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of keep the door open. Like, we're still in contact. He's one of the only, he's the only guy out of actually the last lineup who even wants to fucking stay in touch with me, which is kind of weird. And um, I have to say that, in the past, everyone else that's been in, in the band for however long period of time they were, we've always remained really close. I mean, Andrew Hernandez, obviously, is a you know, really good friend of mine. You know, Garrett, Nick. There's been guys in the band that haven't even recorded records that I'm still tight with. You know, Carson, you know, the, our former bass player for five years. Um, yeah, so things kind of ended weird with those guys. Uh, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure the motivations of some of the people for doing what they did, but honestly, I'm just looking forward. I got some good dudes in the band. Uh, I think the tour went well. I think we were able to solidify as a unit, um, and everything so far has been going well. We're you know feeling the creative energy and everything. And the Darkest Hour tour was like a hundred percent just guys that I had to rally to do the tour because I was once again I was left holding the bag. You know, Ken Sorceron and uh, Jeff Wilson, those guys, you know, the guys in Abigail Williams, Wolfhammer, um, really came through on that one. And, you know, much thanks and respect to those guys, um, you know, really helped out on a lot of different levels. And, uh, you know, that was that was really cool. And, um, you know, I don't know if I can thank those guys enough because uh, after recording the album, you know, we got a new record coming out having to back out of a tour that already had been announced would have really been a bad look for tunes. And, um, you know, I really appreciate that. I don't know if I ever really thanked those guys, but like, you know, I'm thanking them now. Speaking of, uh, t weird tour situations, uh, this today is the day tunes European tour is not something that we're doing, which, uh, is kind of alarming to me. Um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Instagram and, and Twitter, you know, Facebook events. Uh, my good buddy Ralph over in Germany uh, hit me up a while back saying that, oh, is it true? There's going to be a Today is the Day Tombs tour. A friend of mine is, uh, is a promoter and he got hit up to book the show. And I'm like, wow, I, this is the first thing I've ever heard. Well, not the first thing, but this is not something that we was ever really confirmed or discussed with us. So the reality is this. Um, I don't know exactly how this happened. Uh, I know MAD um, has taken responsibility for this, but haven't made any kind of um, moves towards rectifying the situation with the promoters. Um, so it's a little bit of alarming to me and concerning. But uh, there was a couple of different things with Today is a Day that was proposed to us. Uh, a few months ago, there was a tour in August that, you know, was supposed to be starting next week. It was like a very brief regional run of like B markets and some shows. It wasn't, it didn't go very far. It was only two weeks. It was relatively local. And um, we were confirmed for that 
okay? And then right before we left for uh, the Fit for an Autopsy tour, the show, the tours got canceled. So I'm like, okay, that sucks. That leaves, leaves us in a position where it's too late in the game to try to get something for August. So we're sitting on our asses at home for the whole month of August. Concurrently, we were offered um, a possible European tour. Um, we said, yeah, maybe, you know, let's see, let's get an offer. Let's get an actual money offer saying that this is what we're offering for you to support today is a day in Europe. You know, that's, that's the way it's in the world, the professional world of touring. You know, they ask, hey, are you guys available for this? We say, um, yes, we're available and interested. Then they come back with, okay, this is the budget. You get X amount of euros per show. The routing is this. It starts here. It ends here. You can book your flights around that. Um, And then you say, okay, uh, that looks good. Let's do it. Or um, no, we can't do it for that amount of money. Or we just, you know, something like that. That's typically how things work. Uh, we never got any kind of official offer to do the tour, so we just assumed that either it wasn't happening or there was another band that um, was willing to do it for less money or you know, a number of different uh, variables. Because, I mean, frankly, we've been offered, we've been, we've, been, we've been asked about tours in the past where they say, are you interested and available to do this tour? And we say, yes. And then... Uh, that doesn't mean you're getting an offer. We get a money offer, okay? It comes by. And then a week later, we find out that, oh, by the way, this other band probably would do it for less money. They were given the support slot to them. You guys are out. That's just the nature of the business. I mean, I, I, I personally would never agree to something and pull out. That's, tr- that's obvious because, hey, that Darkest Hour tour, it was booked. It was announced. It was being promoted. Everyone in my fucking band left. I could have. That, that's a reason to be like, "Hey, man, I can't do this tour because I don't have a lineup." But that's not what I did. I put together a bunch of guys. We went out and we did the dates because I'm a professional and that's how I do things. All right. So with that being a fact, I just want everyone to know that this tour is not something that we're ever. I would have ever backed out of. This is something that someone fucked up. The wrong information got put out there, and it's kind of a mess right now. And I just want anyone out there who might be in Europe who's listening to this thing, I want you to know that if I agree to do something, if I agree to do a tour, you bet your ass I'm showing up to do the dates. I'm not going to like weasel out of it or be like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Once it gets announced, once I get an itinerary in my hand, which I never got for this tour, I'm showing up. I never got an itinerary for this. Well, there was never any, any budgetary discussion about how much backline is going to cost, what the transport situation is going to be like, what the dates are, what cities we're playing, how much money we would be getting each night. None of that stuff. I mean, once we found out about this possible European tour, like we started asking some people about driving and that kind of thing. But like, we never, we never confirmed anything with anybody because the tour was never confirmed with us. So anyway, I'm sorry if there's confusion out there. It looks like it would have been a great tour. Um, I wish I would have been able to plan on it. But in order to plan on these things, business had to have been conducted in the right way. And 
for anyone out there in Europe who's listening to this, I'm sincerely sorry, and I'm hoping to come out there again at some point soon and you know perform for you guys. And that's kind of um, where I'm at with all this stuff right now. And um, I don't know. I've been going back and forth. Uh, I know the truth about it. Someone other than me needs to make a statement about this and um, I'm relying on our, uh, our booking in Europe to take care of it. So it's gone on a little too long and I just figured I'd want to talk to you guys in person, man to man, and just share my thoughts with this whole thing. And uh, I just want you guys to know ahead of time that this is not something that I would, I'm comfortable with. And, you know, I really do wish I was going out there, you know, but at this stage of the game, I don't know if that's possible. So anyway, um, enough of that. The new record's out. came out back in uh, June. It's called The Grand Annihilation. It's on Metal Blade Records. And, um, you know, there's a troubling story behind the whole recording of the record and everything. And, but nonetheless, I'm still really excited about it being out there. And I'm really proud of the songwriting. I'm really proud of uh, the work that Evan and Charlie and I did on the record. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's there, it's out, buy it, you know, check it out, you know, whatever. You know, iTunes, you can buy a physical copy, all that kind of stuff. Another interesting development is yesterday, my uh, ambient solo project, Vasilek, um, Decibel debuted a track, Walk With Me, uh, which is going to be one of the three songs on the EP that's coming out in August. Um, so yeah, Vasilek's sort of... Uh, it's not it's something that i'd really it sort of evolved out of just me playing around with sound um you know i do a lot of, aside from the era when fade was playing in the band i did i put together all the kind of soundscape stuff that we play between songs and stuff on the records you know various records had a lot of like ambient stuff on it so you know just experimenting with all that stuff and not really knowing what the hell i'm doing like i i am in no way shape or form claiming that I'm an electronic musician because I'm not. I'm not someone who knows anything about that world. There are people out there like, you know, like Locrian, for example, masters at creating electronic-based music. Um, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, Fade is one of those guys, you know. He's a horrible person, but, uh, <laughs> but he's a great electronic musician and a talented guy, but, you know, uh, I give credit where credit's due, but I'm not that guy. I'm not someone who is like proficient at playing around with synthesizers or anything. So this is just me like meditating on sound and trying to express myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm pretty happy with the results. I see it as like a very feeble first attempt, um, at doing something new. And, uh, you know, I like to be outside of my comfort zone and grow as a musician, as a creative person. And uh, that's, that's a, another step in that process. So, um, so yeah, it's coming out August 25th on Translation Lost. Uh, the record is called The Dark Road. It's going to be available on CD. And, um, and yeah, pretty happy with it. And, I, and also, I, I believe me, I understand there's a very limited, if any, market for this stuff and i am not under any sort of 
delusion that this is going to be, you know, some popular record or sell a bunch of copies, but I'm just really happy about, um, about having it out there for you guys to check out. So, uh, so yeah, you know, that's, that's a really cool news. Also, I've been working on this project, um, for any of you out there who might not know, before I was in Tombs, I was in this band called Anodyne, which was um, me and my good buddy Josh Scott and Joel Stallings. Josh and Joel were in Defeatist, and they also do a band called uh, Radiation Black Body now, and they're great guys and uh, great musicians. And while we were in Amazon, uh, Amazon, yeah, while we were in Anodyne, Amazon would have been a cool name for a band back in like the 90s before amazon.com launched but um yeah it was uh we we existed on this strata below <laughs> below underground i guess i don't know we were we were like barely visible on anyone's radar we put out a few records we toured a lot we played you know we we played shows we kept a pretty pretty busy schedule and we just we we're just trying to express ourselves and uh there was no, no, believe me, there was no pretense of ever being popular or successful or any of these things. We just wanted to go out there and, and smash, you know, do music and like create. And um, one of the things I've been, you know, I, I'm a journal guy. Like I like to journal and write in my little diary and all these things. So all that, all those years have been documented in various journals. So uh, the first thing that I'm going to put out there for everybody is uh, an audio book of our one and only European tour. Um, so right now I have all the, the writing, everything's been cleaned up and all the dates have been verified and everything. And uh, the, that's, that's going to be surfacing hopefully at the end of the summer. Um, definitely in the summer fall realm, this little audio book is going to be available on the, on the Everything Went Black Bandcamp which is something that I'm going to be launching. And this is going to be the first thing that's out there. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think a really cool thing. I'm going to keep it cheap. I mean, it's going to be for sale, but it's going to be dirt cheap. Believe me. So anyone who's out there who is interested and curious about what it was like for a band that hardly anyone knew about to tour Europe in the early two thousands, um, you can check this out and learn firsthand what it was like. So, uh, so yeah, that's like a, something I've been kind of working on on and off since last year. And um, right now, basically, I just have to like do the recordings, all of the transcriptions and scripting and cutting all that shit down into a readable form is, has been done. So I just have to do the last final part. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's something to look forward to. And um I don't know, man. It's just uh, coming home from tour. It always, it's always like, like a real trip, you know. Um, I just, uh, it's 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 like a real adjustment, you know. You're out there every day is like this adventure. You're in this like new city. You're just traveling, playing shows. Life's real simple, you know. You're not really thinking about too many other things besides getting to the next city, finding something decent to eat staying hydrated and playing the show and then doing it all over again the next day. And when you come home, it's like, oh yeah, you kind of run into people. Some people didn't even know you were gone. <laughs> Mostly with me, since I don't really have a whole lot of friends here anymore. Uh, most of my friends have left, abandoned this sinking ship of a city. 
Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, hey, where were you? I'm like, oh, you know, I was out on a tour. And um, it's getting back into this, the vibe. Getting back into the vibe of Brooklyn in particular can be kind of challenging. Um, it gets harder and harder every year to stick around this place. I mean, honestly, I've been living here for two decades, and um, it's like the better, the best years, I have to say, are behind, behind me in this city. So much has changed for the worst. Uh, New York City has always been a very challenging place to live anyway, but it just gets more and more challenging as I realize with every year that there is no place for people like me here. And when I say that, I mean like someone who wants to do something creatively, someone who doesn't want to just like tap into the hive, you know, and, and work, produce for the hive. Someone who wants to be like a little bit more independent in the things they do, you're going to get stamped out in this city, you know what I mean? Unless you got your shit together. So uh, coming home wasn't really all that great, honestly, you know. And this neighborhood I live in is uh, filled with people I want to destroy most of the time. Um, you know, I think like the first night I was home, like uh, my neighbors were wilding out, listening to terrible music, raging like it was a, gra- a high school graduation party. And uh, in some ways, I feel like it's like a karmic debt that I'm repaying for all the years that as a young 25-year-old, I might have been disruptive in other people's neighborhoods. But once I checked these people out through my back window, I realized these are like adults in their 30s raging like they had just graduated high school. And, um, uh, you know, a myriad of feelings, emotions, and possible plans of action have ran through my head. And um, the best one was just like lock it in, stay home. Don't say anything to anybody. Um, you know, that's what happens, I guess, with maturity. If I was like 28, 27 years old, I probably would have went down and punched somebody in the face or shot some Roman candles at them or threw a bottle. But that, I think, would probably not bode well for me. I would be looked at as the aggressor. And I decided to uh, just stay in my apartment, um, turn on some music, and pretend that I'm happy living here in this fucking compartment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that's um not to end on a downer but that's kind of you know where uh where i'm at um my final analysis is that new york city is shot completely and if you ever have any desire to move here i would seriously reconsider unless you want to be a banker you know or a lawyer you know or just like become part of the hive you know producing meaningless shit for everyone else to ingest content wise. So, um, so yeah, there you go, man. Um, I am looking forward to getting back into podcasting and just, you know, banging these things out. Um, I got Mike Gallagher formerly from the band ISIS and he has his new band must, well, it's not so new, really mustard, gas and roses is a project that he was doing for a long time. But, um, MG, MGR is like, uh, starting to become more, um, active these days i know they're going on tour with ides of gemini and they'll be out here next month so uh that's going to be a blast but uh mike is an old friend i've known mike you know for a really long time back when he used to play in cast iron hike is when we met and um it's going to be really cool to talk to him and catch up and um you know he's a, a 
ferociously talented guy. And, uh, you know, anyone out there who wants to check out some cool music, check out MGR. Um, they had a new record come out last year. And, uh, you know, we played with them actually uh, last November when we were played at the, out in uh, Glendale at, um, I can't remember the name of the venue, but it's a small venue out there with MGR, Wolfhammer, and like another LA-based band. And a uh, great band, great dude, and I love Mike. Um, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So that's going to be the next episode. And for anyone who wanted to hear about mine and Andrew's uh, thoughts about UFC 214, and anyone out there you know who even is interested in MMA, check out the previous episode of uh, the Black Coffee Fight Club. And that's all on everythingwentblackmedia.com. So thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Do you feel numb? Or are you really just over it? All time run, fight time run.